Hello what really works listeners. We wanted to just provide a quick content warning for this episode. This episode will briefly discuss a abusive relationship and also mentions assault. So we encourage you to do whatever you need to do to support yourself throughout this episode and wanted to let you know in advance so that you can decide if this episode is for you or not. Thanks for choosing to listen to us and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hello everyone, welcome to What Really Works, a mental health podcast for young adults and youth. In these podcasts, you can expect to hear us chat about mental health and provide well-being tips and tricks with the odd joke thrown in. What Really Works is brought to you by Discovery College, an initiative run by the Canadian Mental Health Association, Kelowna, where lived and living experience and learned experience informs everything we do. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hello, what really works, listeners? Man, I had to really pull that voice out. It's early. <laughs> I just want to say to everyone who's listening, I hope you're particularly appreciative of this episode because it is 9 a.m. on a Saturday. And normally would never do anything on a weekend, but both of our schedules have just been incredibly hectic where we're like, this is a feeling like maybe this is going to be the best time. <laughs> I know. And apologies to the What Really Works listeners, too, because I think our schedule has been pretty inconsistent for the past little while. Um, But we also both just have so much going on, Um, which everyone has so much going on. So probably not the best excuse at all. But at the end of the day, we're also human beings and we have things that, yeah, that get in the way sometimes of doing things like podcasting. Becky's got a lot on at work right now. I'm kind of running the Discovery College ship, eh? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess yeah, so exciting, but also terrifying that I got like a promotion. That means Yay. I run like community education, Discovery College, and like the podcast falls under that, but then also like the wellness programs. And it's also my first experience of actually leading a team. So it's like exciting because I love like supporting people, but also like scary because I'm like, what if I'm that? awful manager that everyone hates <laughs> oh my gosh that absolutely will not be the case it's so funny I was I can go through anxiety spirals or maybe just like overthinking spirals at the end of the day when I'm sitting there like trying to sleep and I just run through like every interaction I had during the day I'm like oh did I say this like too sarcastically did I say this too like off the cuff and that wasn't professional enough um oh did I put my foot in my mouth when I said this oh should I not have laughed at that and just you know just overthinking all of those small things which I'm sure you do too when you're thinking about being a manager like oh maybe I said this too harshly to someone or blah 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 blah, blah. it's so easy just to yeah to assume that other people are thinking much worse about us than they actually are yeah exactly which I mean, I guess it kind of links a little bit to what we're talking about today and just that sense of like hoping that people maybe will give us a little bit of a break while we're both in like positions where we're finding our feet, learning a lot, um, having new responsibility, that kind of stuff. Because we're going to be talking about empathy today. Um, well, we're talking about empathy today because CMHA's Mental Health Week is May 2nd through 6th. And they always have a lot of really great um, kind of either like virtual events or in-person events that are going on, talking about lots of resources that are in our not only like national community, but also provincial communities um, and cities as well, just depending on which CMHA you're looking at. 
Um, and the theme for Mental Health Week this year is empathy. So we figured that we should probably talk about what empathy is. Yeah. And what I find particularly interesting about empathy at the moment is one there's often like a lot of like misconceptions about what empathy is and I love it I love it when there's lots of misconceptions about something people are, at the moment are a bit like anti-empathy but even when I first saw that the the kind of main theme for this year's mental health week was empathy I was a bit like oh not empathy like, like I know as I feel like I'm pushing something that people don't want to hear anymore. Yeah, I agree. I think lots of people are just empathied out, which is funny. Um, and I don't really know where it comes from. Part of my mind thinks that it's because, okay, uh, all of a sudden we had to try to move from this very individualistic community where everyone is basically just out for themselves and maybe empathy isn't something that's not only exhibited in our in the ways that we're interacting with each other in our communities and also our personal lives. But it's also something that, <laughs> that maybe we haven't really like practiced or thought of. And then all of a sudden because of COVID, but then also just because of the social changes that we see happening where we are thinking more beyond ourselves and looking to make kind of, <laughs> kind of shift power dynamics and things in society, it's like all of a sudden, okay, empathy is a huge part of, of almost every conversation, right? And if you're someone that has never really engaged in that before, or maybe never recognized it as such, all of a sudden overloading with it, you're like, oh, I don't really want to deal with this anymore. Life was so much easier when I was only thinking about myself. Yeah. And it like sometimes it's almost like easier to navigate, right? Because it's like, oh, I'm just thinking about myself. Like I disagree with what you're doing. So therefore I'm not going to make time for you. Like, yeah. Like you say, it can sometimes be a little bit easier to kind of take on what's going on in the world and just that kind of stuff when you're, you're kind of just focusing on like, this is where I'm at. Um, yeah. And these are the things that directly impact me. And I see all these things impacting other people, but I don't really need to like think about how I should be supporting that or like helping to relieve that or how that, yeah, how that interacts with, with me and like my smaller circle. So, yeah, I think another reason why people are like kind of fed up of hearing about empathy is like you say, especially when COVID started, I think a lot of places were like pushing, like show empathy, show empathy. And I think for a lot of people, almost hearing it is like bringing back up that like, you know, when people like hear unprecedented times and people like roll their mm. eyes and I'm like, oh, like I can't listen to this anymore kind of thing. I feel like it's tied in with that, those emotions and that experience. And then yeah. I think part of it is the world is very polarized especially at the moment and it's hard work and tiring showing empathy towards people where maybe their values and views are completely opposite of or appear to be completely the opposite of what ours are as well oh well it's hard to show empathy for that well obviously because it might contradict where where we're coming from and the things that are important to us but then also because it can sometimes put us in a position where all of a sudden we do need to question what our values are and the things that are important to us and recognize that maybe the way that we're thinking about it is wrong which 
is tough for anybody to really come to terms with, right? When, when you're being questioned and you should be being questioned. Yeah, because it's literally questioning like ourselves, right? As a whole, questioning our like self-identity, our like self-use, uh, yeah. which does not feel comfortable. I think the other thing too is so many people are suffering mm-hmm. in general, I think after COVID, during COVID, just right now with, it just, for some reason, the world just seems a lot heavier to me in general. And I think it feels that way to a lot of people. I don't know if that's like residual effects of world events or what it is. Um, But yeah, there's just, there's just a lot of suffering and a lot of struggle in the world. And when you're personally suffering and personally struggling through a lot, sometimes like really extending yourself and showing empathy and having empathy for other people, either immediately around you or extending that farther out beyond to like communities and and things like that can feel really, really tough because you're like, damn, I don't even have enough energy to like take care of myself or or to, to feel good in my own individual life? How am I supposed to like build up the energy to, to have empathy for all of these other things that are going on around me, which is funny because empathy is one of those things that's actually supposed to support us in our wellness and support us to feel better, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if it's not something that we're practicing and if it's something that maybe everyone's just feeling honestly kind of burnt out from, maybe it's having a little bit of the opposite effect right now, especially if you feel like no one's taking care of you, right? Like, Empathy is sometimes is something that you want to be reciprocated. And if, if you're struggling and going through a lot and it doesn't feel as though anyone is showing you that empathy because they're stressed or whatever reason, then why would you want to show it to other people? Yeah. Empathy. And what's hard about empathy um, is that it takes the two people in that conversation to be vulnerable. Yeah. And I think that's like you say, why, Maybe like we're trying to be open and like um, maybe we have been trying to show empathy towards others and be open to like hearing other people. But if people aren't willing to be a little bit vulnerable and do that for ourselves, it's like, well, why am I doing this for other people if someone won't even do it for me as well? Yeah. Well, then it just makes you feel, (laughs) you know, unappreciated or like, yeah, I don't know, can make you feel a whole bunch of negative feelings towards others and the world and all of that if you don't feel cared for and valued and if people aren't empathizing with your yeah with you and your situation yeah well since we've said the word empathy probably like 20 million times already in this episode we should probably talk about what empathy actually is (laughs) yeah I was gonna say dictionary Becky time we need like some sort of segment segment jingle to go along with yeah (laughs) with it yeah um so just kind of as a background and also if after this episode you want to find out more about things related to this topic a lot of the stuff that we're talking about today is based on like Brene Brown and her research and her definitions and that kind of stuff there are loads and loads of resources online through Brene Brown's website, which literally even has like activities on how to practice the majority of things that we're talking about today. So just kind of basically putting it out there that a lot of our source material and information is coming through kind of that research and her knowledge. And so does the kind of definition side of things. 
So really at its core, empathy is connecting with people around like knowing that we're not alone. So just like you were saying, Olivia, right? Where, you know, if someone it doesn't show empathy to us, we feel alone. We feel unappreciated. We feel invalidated, right? Empathy is, you know, a way to connect that emotion somebody is experiencing and recognizing that emotion within ourselves. And a really important thing to think about as well when it comes to empathy is we don't necessarily have, we don't have to have had the exact same experience that somebody has had, but maybe we've had a similar emotion come up in ourselves. Like, so maybe someone's experiencing um, a relationship breakup, right? And maybe we haven't experienced that, but maybe they're going through grief. Maybe they're going through anger. And it's like, you know what? I get anger. Like anger hurts. It's valid to feel anger, right? That's kind of what it's about. It's about sitting in it with someone um, rather than standing outside of it and kind of looking in is almost a way of kind of thinking about it. Yeah. Empathy isn't feeling sorry for somebody. You know, it's not, it's not taking a look at their situation and maybe what they're going through and being like, oh shit, like, yeah, that looks, man, that sucks. That looks super tough. Sorry that you're going through that. I, I feel super sorry for you. Um, and I'm glad I'm not going through that. Wow. <laughs> it's more so, it's more so saying, oh yeah, like I recognize those feelings and I, and I recognize what it's like to, to struggle in that way. And because I recognize it, I can then sit in, yeah, sit in the space with you and maybe offer either some perspective or offer some company or just whatever it might be, some compassion in that situation, because I can relate to it in one, in one way or another. Yeah. So if we know that empathy is a way to connect to the emotion another person is experiencing, um, and it doesn't necessarily require that we've gone through the same experience that they're going through, we want to also kind of recognize that we don't really need first in the same way that we don't need like that firsthand experience to extend that empathy. Um, it's really made up of, of a couple different things that we're going to talk about. So we can show empathy by perspective taking. What does perspective taking mean to you, Becky? So to me, what it means is I go around the world seeing it in the way that I do right? Because of my experiences, because of who I am, that's my perspective. However, not everyone is having that same perspective as myself, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, but part of that empathy, and when we say perspective taking within empathy is taking time to understand what that person's perspective actually is, and maybe how that's different from ours. Um, even a really great example, we do this in, we have an empathy communication workshop and one activity we do to practice perspective taking and showing how different people's perspectives is, is, um, and you've done this before, Olivia, where we just show the word ocean and ask people to say what words come to their mind when they hear the word ocean. Really simple activity, a really simple thing, small thing that we're talking about. And you'll see how some people's perspectives are based around the fact that they like the ocean. So it's kind of like happy, nice things of like tranquility, freedom, um, that kind of stuff. And then other people's perspectives are based on like 
deepness, darkness, scary, that kind of stuff. And then other people are based around like what's in it, like thinking about like sea creatures, that kind of stuff. It just shows how even just based off one word, there's so many different perspectives that can be of that one word. Yeah. And that's where empathy comes in is recognizing, oh, just because I see in this way does not mean that this is the only way for me to see and experience and think about this. Yeah. And it's, that's actually an incredibly important concept too, right? It extends so far beyond empathy because if we're not able to recognize that other people's experiences, um, the way that they grew up, who they are, their culture, their race, their sexuality, like all of those things really heavily influence somebody's perspective, then we're not able to come together as a community to not only like recognize and champion our differences, but also recognize and champion our similarities, right? If we think that everyone should be thinking and feeling the same way and think coming from a place of right and wrong, which is often the place that we come from when we don't recognize that other people have a different perspective from us, right? And come from a different place, then we're really just continuing to fuel what you were talking about earlier, Becky, and that's that polarization. Whereas, If we can come to the table recognizing that everyone's perspective is unique and everyone's perspective is made up of of those experiences, which could have been positive or negative in their life, then we can really work towards trying to come up with like a common way of communicating and a common language to just speak to speak to the humanity that's in all of us. Right. And yeah, super important. (laughs) In addition to perspective taking, um, another thing that we can really extend to folks when we are empathizing with them is non-judgment. So being non-judgmental. And that really relates to perspective taking as well, right? So when we recognize that someone's perspective is different than ours, then we're also flowing along the chain of recognizing that, okay, if their perspective is different than mine, then perhaps also their values and the things that they view as right and wrong and their overall just view on life might be different than mine. And I'm going to try to not judge that and not see that as either right or wrong or positive or negative because I can recognize the place that it's coming from. Yeah. It's it's not easy. (laughs) Oh God, no, it's not easy at all. But I think it also comes with practice. And one of the things that I honestly think makes empathizing and, you know, perspective taking and non-judgment easier is, well, I want to say, I want to caution with this because as, you know, I have a lot of privilege as not only a white person, but then also like my socioeconomic background and things like that. It makes it easier for me to be able to put myself in situations that I might feel uncomfortable because I don't usually feel like a sense of danger or a sense of harm when I'm putting myself in situations that are new for me or surrounding myself with people that might um, maybe be like quite different for me, right? So where I was going with this line of thought before was one of the things that can make perspective taking and non-judgment and empathizing easier, help us practice it is surrounding ourselves with people that are different than us, right? Like learning new perspectives and moving outside of our, of like our regular social comfort zone. We talk about that a lot with social media is if you're constantly consuming something that aligns with you and the, you know, the way that you were raised and the values and opinions that you have, then you don't really like see far beyond that. Right. And there's not a lot of room for 
for growth. Um, but if you are surrounding yourself with people different than you, then you have a chance to really try to exercise that. But I just want to put that caution of that's a lot easier for some people than it is for others, depending on what the, what, what kind of harms they might be putting themselves at risk to experience. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm just thinking I'm going back to the States soon. Um, I'm going back to the States to visit my family in June. And it's always funny having conversations with a lot of my friends here, right? Because I tend to surround myself with a lot of people that have similar opinions and views to me, um, which I'm sure folks can tell probably by like what we speak on the podcast tends to be like, yeah, like fairly open-minded and I'm not really sure how to describe it. Um, can I say lib- Can I say liberal on the podcast? <laughs> well, what's interesting is especially within Canada, the word liberal is directly connected to politics because yeah. of the name of a, a political, political party. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas the actual word liberal in itself, like you say, is more of that like openness to change, openness to, to challenging things and making those big changes that uh, go against that like status quo or the way that things have been set in stone. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm coming from with that. Yeah. So going back to the States, you know, I'm, I tend to be surrounded by folks that more than I am in Canada, folks that like think and think quite differently than me and have different values and opinions than I do. And people that I grew up with, right? Like friends and family and people that I, that I really value and people that I think are, are lovely individuals, but also some of the things that they find as to be right or, (laughs) or believe in, I find like highly problematic. Right. And, and it's really hard to kind of balance, balance that of, of seeing everyone as, as human and seeing everyone as having different perspectives and experiences that lead them to those opinions and viewpoints, but then also recognizing and challenging those things at the same time. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of like a little bit of a tangent, but it's it's super important for so many different reasons beyond just like if your friend is sad, try to empathize with them to support them, you know? Yeah. It's it's a complex thing. It's like spout it out like, oh, just show empathy. <laughs> yeah, it's super complex. And you know, I think it's I think empathy is one of the things that can kind of underpin societal and cultural and community change, to be honest. Um, okay, so perspective taking, non-judgment, and then we have here as the other way to extend empathy and what it's made up of is understanding the other person's feelings, and we may not always be able to understand. That's okay. So really this is around like if someone's saying they're sad through like their experiences kind of being like, okay, like that's where they're at, like that there's no right or wrong in the way that someone is feeling, just like listening to learn and understanding where they're at. Um, And the bit where we might not always be able to understand is around, so I don't know if I've I've probably shared this experience because I feel like I tell this story all the time because it's a really great example of how I messed up and was not empathetic. Um, When I was working in the prison system and I was supporting someone who um, like was in the prison um, and they were talking about something they were finding really difficult about being like a resident within the prison system. And my response was, 
I understand. And they, and I'm so glad this person said it. It was really uncomfortable at the time, but they went, no, you don't. Have you been in the prison system? And I was like, no. And they're like, okay, so you don't understand. You can still be nice to me and you can still be helpful, but you don't say you understand because you don't. And that's where this comes into about like understanding where another person's at. We can sometimes be like, you know what? I'm, I'm not able to fully understand because of my experiences, but like, I'm here to support you. I'm with you. Like, thank you for sharing. Right. We can still be empathetic and supportive. Um, if we maybe can't fully understand that experience that someone's going through. Yeah, that's a really great example. Um, I think one of the common kind of situations that I find myself in where I have a hard time, I don't have a hard time empathizing, but I definitely don't understand what it's like is when um, folks that are really struggling with a persistent physical challenge, um, like a long-term physical health issue. Um, are really struggling. You know, I'm, I work with someone right now that's on dialysis and, you know, it's something that, you know, they do it every single day for hours and hours and hours. And yeah, just, yeah, that long-term like physical pain is not something that I understand. And it's something that I find like very difficult to kind of navigate in supportive relationships and conversations, because I just really have like not even a base level understanding of what it's like to struggle with your physical health to that extent and how that then impacts your mental health and just all of that. Um, And I find in those conversations when I'm trying to empathize, really the only thing that I can do is validate is just validate their experience. And I think that validation of feelings and of experiences is another way that we can really extend empathy towards people is because it's saying, Hey, Like, I don't necessarily understand what you're going through and, you know, I don't have that experience, but that sounds really, really tough, you know, from an outsider's opinion. And even from someone who hasn't gone through anything that's similar to this, like I can just see just how hard it is. And like, you're, you're an absolute trooper for still continuing to try to support yourself and make your way through it. Right. So. Yeah. Like validation, I think is one of the most important parts. And I think that is empathizing. Like, I think yeah. sometimes that can come across as sympathy or we can confuse that from sympathy. I don't know. I can see how that could be confused with sympathy. You know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, that's so hard. Like, sorry, you're going through that. Maybe I think the difference would be the intention that you're, that it's coming from, you know, like sympathy really comes from that sucks. I wouldn't want to go through that. Whereas empathy really comes from, I can see just how tough that is on that person. Yeah. and recognize how hard that would be on me if I had to go through something like that and the people around me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, I can see how validation could also kind of be mistaken for sympathy. Yeah. Like you say, I think it's about how you word it in the sense of like, I can see how hard this is for you mm-hmm. um, versus, oh my goodness, I'm so, so sorry that you're having to like experience this. Thank goodness this isn't happening to me. Like <laughs> keeping that thank goodness this isn't happening to me on my, like in our mind, in our mind. Mm-hmm. And sympathy well, also is that like silver lining of things as well of like, oh, well, at least. Yeah, at least you have people around you or at least like things are slowly getting better or at least you didn't get this diagnosis. Yeah, you're for, you're for sure right there. And then the final bit is, the title it's given frequently is mindfulness, but really what it means is just 
giving that person our full attention, like actually fully listening to what that person is saying, listening to actually hear them, listening to actually learn from them, not listening to just respond, um, not shutting the conversation down, putting our phones to the side or other distractions so that we can fully give that person our attention and truly listen to them is a huge part of it. I really like what you said there about not just listening to respond. I find in so many conversations, especially supportive conversations, you're not actually listening to what the person is saying and that creates a barrier between empathy. Well, yeah, a barrier for empathy. You're just listening to like, okay, well, how am I going to make myself sound super compassionate and, under- and understanding and empathetic um, in response to this person? You know, like you're not actually hearing what they're saying or like sitting in it with them. You're just thinking about how you're then going to like try to respond supportively, which is not great. Or like how you're going to fix the situation too, I find is also a big barrier to empathy. Oh yeah. And that's even one of the empathy misses we have that we're going to talk about is like, just going straight in like, here's a solution, like get on this. And sometimes it's like, whoa. No. It's like, actually, no, that's not helpful at all. I did want to ask you, do you believe in empaths? Ooh. Do you think that someone can be an empath? Let me have a look. If it- My therapist talks about empaths and she calls me an empath. Yeah. Um, I mean, people talk about it a lot. Yeah. The... So one of the things we kind of talk about, well, that I even wrote further down and we'll talk about, I'll talk about it now, to be honest, um, is, and this is where I think the the problematic social media part of empaths come out. Is, yeah. Um, empathy is not empathy if we have no boundaries with it. Ooh. Like we cannot sustain empathy. We cannot sustain being compassionate, non-judgmental and understanding of people if we have no boundaries that surround it. And you think that an Um, empath would be something that kind of is entangled with those boundaries because it's supposed to be this like all knowing of what people are feeling and you go, you send it. No, I think exactly, exactly what you're saying. I think there's a danger the way that social media portrays it, there's a danger of people overextending that, crossing boundaries that are our own personal boundaries, but also crossing other people's boundaries. And yeah. I think that's really important to think about is the way that empaths are portrayed on social media is crossing other people's boundaries frequently and crossing personal boundaries, which in turn then creates issues of how do we actually support ourselves with our own emotion regulation if we're not placing those boundaries with throughout ourselves yeah and I also think there's a real danger the way that social media puts out empaths is it's a classic of the the whole like self-diagnosis thing when everyone is all of a sudden like oh I have anxiety and it's like okay like do you have anxiety or are you just feeling particularly anxious about something but also I think there's a real danger the way that social media place is empath in the sense of the way that they show it actually I think is quite unempathetic because it's no longer this I'm listening to learn from you I'm coming here to understand what you're going through I'm coming here to understand your perspective and your experience 
and the way that empaths are sometimes portrayed throughout social media and the way that it's normalized through social media is it's like oh I can just tell what you're experiencing and I'm going to start feeling it like I don't even need to ask the questions I don't even need to go you know show that empathy I just know yeah which I think is a really dangerous place to be I agree yeah I would agree fullheartedly especially with the crossing other people's boundaries the one thing that I would also like want to say is that I think some people do either because of practice or just because of their perspective or maybe the things that that they have strengths in or just differences I think some people do have like more capacity for empathy, like just in the way that their personality is, or yeah, like things that they might've gone through. Um, not saying that everyone doesn't have like a large capacity for empathy because it is something that can be learned, but I think naturally just, you know, some people might just have, have empathy might be a little easier for them. Right. Yeah. Um, which I think is maybe part of the idea of where an empath comes from. The other thing is <laughs> empathy can really destroy your own personal boundaries as well if you're not being careful. So one of the things, and I'll share with what really works listeners that I've been discussing in my kind of like therapy sessions lately is trying to work through um, an abusive relationship that I was in about a year and a half ago and um, coming to terms with, there's actually a word for it. And I was in a narcissistic abusive relationship, which tends to happen when you have an individual that has like narcissistic personality traits coupled with an individual that is extremely, extremely empathetic. And then kind of taking advantage of that empathy, knowing that the person that's empathetic will remove their own boundaries to be able to kind of appease the the other person. So what you say about there needing to be boundaries and you needing to be wary of not only other people's boundaries, but your boundaries in order to continue to be empathetic and actually rooted in what empathy really is, is so, so, so important. Because if we're just running around trying to, you know, interpret the way other people are thinking or say that we know the way that other people are feeling and thinking, but then also completely just tearing ourselves apart, trying to make other people feel better and like do everything it is that we think might make them feel better then no one's actually empathizing at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 That's, that's tough. Yeah. It might be tough for other people to hear too. And I think a lot of people, I think some people will probably identify with that experience of doing any, like, you know, let's say like really, really doing anything that they can through like things like empathy and because of the way that they try and like support others and have that openness mm-hmm. to just completely overstepping boundaries and yeah their own and the other person's too right because there was plenty of situations as well where you know I would try or think that I knew the way that the other person was feeling and then act on that right when I don't actually know the way that someone else is feeling we don't unless they tell us how they're feeling oh empathy like you know like you say where people do almost like when hearing someone else's experience say I'm sharing that I'm grieving someone then you like uses empathy and like identify connects with a time that they have felt grief but almost like there's 
not the disconnect of like, well, I'm not necessarily experiencing that grief right now myself. I'm just recognizing that emotion. I've had it before, how it felt. This is where yeah. we're at. And instead not having that boundary around it and instead like fully taking it on and being like, okay, like, well, now I feel grief. And if we, and if that does happen to us, which it can, right? Like through yeah. conversations, we can find ourselves all of a sudden in, in our own grief, if we've experienced that or, you know, really deeply in our own experiences, if we're trying to connect with another person, then that's again, just about like kind of recreating and, and reinstilling those, those boundaries or maybe just get and giving ourselves time to, to process what we're going through too, right. Recognizing, okay, like this interaction has become quite a lot for me and I need to take a step back now because I need to process through my own thoughts and through my own feelings and, there's not really a lot of room for empathy to be shown towards others if we are like, you know, in our own state of, yeah, of kind of like a more like crisis response or more like trauma, trauma ignited response. So what do empathetic responses sound like? <laughs> what does it sound like to be empathetic, Becky? <laughs> that's really, that's really hard. Like, thank you so much for sharing with me. Mm-hmm. I think it's not necessarily just sentences either, you know, like empathy can be shown through physical interactions as well, right? Like if you have permission and things like that, like I can feel a lot of empathy through people's like giving me a big hug or like, you know, like maybe someone shows, shows empathy or shows, shows support by um, buying you a coffee that day because they know that you're like really having a hard time or, Maybe they show empathy by, you know, giving, giving you a phone call, even though you said that you didn't really, really need to talk or something. They like phone anyway, you know, it's, it's those kind of things It might empathy can look different, I think for, for each relationship and for each person, but, but yeah. really the, the heart of it is that it's, it's understanding where another person is coming from based on our own experiences. Definitely. And I think too, with empathy, we, we tend to approach it based on how we would want to be approached right so if we're if we're thinking about our own experiences and then trying to use that to support another person then we often kind of use the things that we find supportive for ourselves to then show empathy and show support towards that other person right so if one of the things that I find fairly supportive when I'm not feeling well or like when I went through that situation was um going for a walk, then the way that I might show empathy would be (laughs) offering to go for a walk with someone. And like you say, like, you know, if you're the kind of person who, you know, feels that connection through something like a hug, asking like, could I give you, could I give you a hug kind of thing? Yeah. Um, Things like that. Like, oh, like, um, would you like to get out of the house? We don't have to do anything. Um, We don't even have to talk, but would you like to just go for a short walk with me or something like that, like you say? Yeah. And I think it's incredibly empathetic to ask what that person needs too. Yeah. 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 To say, you know, I would have found it really helpful to, if someone asked me what I needed in this moment when I was struggling. Um, So I just want to ask you, what would, what do you need right now? Like what would be supportive for you? So, I mean, it's pretty clear why empathy is so important, right? Like (laughs) it's so important because it not only helps other people, well, it supports others, right? It supports things that the tough things that they're going through and the tough things that we're going through. Um, but like we've mentioned, I think a couple times on the podcast is it, 
I think empathy just really helps to create like common lines of connection between people and communities. Yeah, I don't know about you, but the more I practice empathy, the less resentful I am as a person. Yeah, 100%. Do you want to like expand on that a little bit? Um, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I do. The more understanding I have of where people are at and the reasons why people are where they're at, their perspective, their experiences, um, yeah, just what's going on for people, the more understanding I have why maybe people do things where I'm like, I disagree with this or have beliefs that I might disagree with. Um, yeah. Yeah, like there's a quote by Brene Brown that's like people are hard to hate close up and it's all about like the more understanding we have of a person. Yes, we might still disagree with their actions or their values, their beliefs, whatever it is, but we're less likely to resent them or like hate them. We're more likely to be like, okay, yeah, we have our differences and I maybe really, really disagree with those. However, I don't necessarily resent you as a person. Yeah. Yeah. I There's a quote that I really, really like by Eckhart Tolle. My partner introduced me to um, their writing and it's, it's very like spiritual writing for sure. I wouldn't necessarily say religious, but definitely spiritually rooted. Um, but I really like it. I resonate a lot with it. Anyway, so there's this quote that says, Sometimes the fault that you perceive in another isn't even there. It is a total misinterpretation, a projection by a mind conditioned to see enemies and to make itself right or superior. At other times, the fault may be there, but by focusing on it, sometimes to the exclusion of everything else, you amplify it. And what you react to in another, you strengthen in yourself. So like to the, for me, this really relates to empathy, right? Because it's, if someone, would say I'm like walking down, let's say I'm walking down the street and someone just like, I don't know, screams at me for no reason. I can really focus on that interaction and say like, oh my God, like what a jerk, what a horrible person just like screaming at me for no reason. Like, why would someone do that? Why would like, what's wrong with them? Like, I'm just trying to walk. Why would they, why would they do that to me? Right. I can view it like that and like put them very much so in the wrong, or I can try to empathize with maybe I mean, they're a stranger, so I don't know exactly what's going on for them, but I can try to be non-judgmental and try to empathize with what could potentially be going on for that person, right? Of maybe they're just having a really bad day and they're, you know, maybe they have something really intense going on for them right now. And the only thing that they could really feel like they could do is just like take their anger out on others. And it's not anything personal. It's just something that that they felt like they needed to do. So it's like, I don't know, just not seeing people as enemies, not seeing people as like out to hurt you all of the time because it's really just themselves hurting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll just edit this out further down the line, depending on how I feel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll say two different examples and then I'll decide which one I'm feeling brave enough to put in. Um, <laughs> but like, like one of my experiences that really friggin' sucked and meant that I genuinely resented and hated a person was like I was assaulted and understandably fully hated the individual and yeah. resented them for what they'd done to me and then what that long-term impact was 
like mm-hmm. of like if this never had happened to me I would never experience x y z like I would have you know carried on my life as normal be super chipper um and then after a long time I was like what does this resent get me mm-hmm. what does this hate get me doesn't get me much apart from just holding on to that anger and that resentment and I was like you know I need to let go of some of it otherwise I'm never going to be able to even just like move on or like heal a little bit or whatever yeah even though I, I hate the word heal and I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> because of this um, and I was like okay I don't necessarily have to forgive the person like I'm not going to forgive them however I can extend a little bit of empathy to maybe think okay there's probably things that have led up to into this person's life to then lead up to the actions that they did yeah and that means I can let go of that resentment a little bit I can let go of that hate a little bit I'm not forgiving that person I'm not saying it's okay um but I'm letting go of that resentment a little bit and feeling a little bit lighter and a little bit more able to move forward. Yeah, which thank you for sharing that. And I think, you know, depending on how you're feeling, I think that that can be a really important thing for some people to hear. Um, and it just kind of goes back to what that last part of the quote was, is like what you what you react to in others, you strengthen in yourself, right? So if you're if you're holding on to that resentment and if you're holding on to that hate and like, that's what you're reacting to, then maybe those are the things that you're, that you're strengthening, right? You're continuing to build up on that, but then by switching the script and instead reacting and reacting in an empathetic way and recognizing that people all have different, you know, upbringings that might've led to what happened, et cetera, et cetera, you're, you're then strengthening that empathy in yourself and you're like strengthening that resilience in yourself rather than, yeah, rather than the other things. Yeah. And like, even from working in the prison system, people all that like literally everyone I knew would be like, I don't understand how you do that. I don't understand how you work with people who have done X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, like you say, empathy goes a long way to, to being like, you know what I don't agree with what you did but or have done um but that empathy means that I can you know provide that space of kindness understanding and kindness yeah yeah I don't think anyone's ever beyond understanding or beyond kindness no matter what like awful things they might have done right like everyone comes to that place because of one reason or another yeah. And I think that that can be an incredibly hard thing for some people to grasp, especially if you are, if you have gone through a lot of your own struggles and if you have been personally impacted by, by some sort, like some trauma or, you know, some sort of like really like negative, negative experience, it can be really, 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 really difficult to see it that way. And I mean, I resonate with you too. My, my therapist right now is like trying to get me to, I guess, trying to get me to kind of hate um, the person that I was in an abusive relationship with. But I think just because of the way I am, I can't, you know, because I'm like, I, I see that that person has gone through things in their own life that 
that probably led them to to where they are now and like led to the situations but with all of that you we also need to recognize like personal responsibility and things like that of course right it's it's not black and white it's not oh this person you know someone did something bad and we empathize with them and and everything's right in the world right there's there's personal responsibility and you know personal autonomy and things like that like freedom of choice like people do make choices and they have to live with those choices and live with the things that they've done that's right and wrong but just because we're recognizing that things yeah like we can recognize something is wrong and we can recognize something as problematic but also still empathize with maybe how that could have come about yeah and one thing that I used to find all the time when I was like doing support work in the prison, that is what you're talking about is people all the time would be like, you know, you don't have to make excuses. And it's like, no, I'm making understanding, like empathy, mm-hmm. making excuses for actions or behaviors, anything like that. It's, it's making understanding, right? Like yeah. the difference. Mm-hmm. Just like what you're saying, what you're talking about, right? You're not, you're not making excuses, like you're acknowledging things like personal responsibility, but you're building understanding, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's really what empathy is. It's it's kind of like taking both things into consideration, right? Yeah, no, it's complicated too. And, you know, there might be a lot of listeners that disagree with where we're coming from because of one reason or another. And, you know, that's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I think Becky and I have both been in kind of like a supportive role for for a long time and worked in many different types of environments and and through that like we were saying earlier we've been fortunate enough to be in many different situations with people from all like very different walks of life right where where you can just you can just see the range of of people's experiences and people's perspectives which maybe makes it a little bit easier to think about think about how you could be able to do something like empathize with someone that's committed, you know, intense crimes or something like that. Yeah. What else do we have here? So the main thing that we kind of have remaining is some things called empathy misses. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how familiar you are with these, but again, Brene Brown's amazing wisdom. Um. And it's based around, I believe there's seven in total. And she talks about how there's these common empathy misses and how through her research, she's kind of categorized them into things where they're kind of common responses um, that someone might do instead of extending empathy or maybe trying to extend empathy, but it's just not, it's not like missing the mark a bit. Yeah. Yes. Um, the first one that I think most people will be familiar with is, is the sympathy over empathy. Yeah. Um, so we've talked a bit about this already, but it's around about sympathy is, in, is understanding from our own perspective. It's kind of looking through our own lens, our own eyes at that situation that that person's going through. Whereas empathy on the other side is putting ourselves in that person's shoes it understanding their perspective without judgment and creating that understanding of why they may be feeling the way that they are or going through what they are. The second one that we have here is called the gasp and awe, which I just think is the funniest and the funniest <laughs> name and um, is, yeah, totally makes sense for what it's, what it's getting to, which is basically 
when, for example, you're, you're telling your friend a story and like something that you're really struggling with. And then that person then feels shame on your behalf. Like, oh my gosh, like how, how could you do that? Or like, how could that happen? Or I can't believe that person did that. Right. Just kind of feels like a little judgy Mm -hmm. rather than empathizing with you. Right. Like condemning somebody else, like condemning either that person or condemning the, the person that they might be talking about or the situation. Um, it doesn't really let your, the person that is sharing their struggles really continue to talk about it because then they might feel shamed. And when you feel shamed, it's really hard to be vulnerable, which means it's really hard to, to share what you need. Right. Like breaking that trust in that relationship immediately. Then we have the mighty fall is called. Um, so this is when the person that is responding to us sees us almost as perfect. We're placed on a pedestal um, and is sharing something maybe that went wrong, an imperfection, something like that. They're actually really like disappointed by us. So, you know, like, oh, I just never expected that kind of thing from you. I didn't think you would ever be someone who like couldn't handle it. But you'd always be able to, you know, you're always so resilient. I don't, you know, I'd never thought you'd find something hard. Probably at the heart of it, that maybe trying to be like, I see you as this really great, resilient person who can handle anything. But actually, at the end of the day, it's just making it a lot of pressure on ourselves. Like we're telling yeah. people we want you to be perfect, and anything less than that is shocking, um, which is impossible because we're human, right? Yeah, I experienced, I've been experiencing, maybe not to this extent, but I've been experiencing this quite a lot lately because I've been telling people about um, the new position that I find myself in in work. And it on the surface sounds like uh, like quite kind of in, impressive and like fun thing, but I've actually been really, really struggling with it. So when I've been telling someone that instead of, you know, recognizing that I'm actually having a hard time and really stressed about it and like, maybe struggling with the way that I'm seeing myself and seeing the situation and like kind of taking that line of thought, the people that I've been kind of talking about it to are like, Oh, well, you're always so great. And like, you know, you'll be able to do it and don't worry because like, you know, you've done X, X, X in the past and you're so smart and like this, that, and the other. And I know that they're coming from a place of, you know, trying to like uplift me and make me feel good at myself and like make me feel confident and things like that. But it really does make me feel as though I'm like put on some sort of pedestal where all of a sudden I should just be able to, to rise to the challenge and, and feel a different way than I do about the situation. And it's, it's not supportive at all because I want to talk about how hard it is and how shitty it is and how much I don't feel like I can do it. You know, I don't want to hear in response like, Oh, you're so great. Like, don't worry about it. Everything will be fine. I'm like, well, actually I really don't feel like it will be fine. So like, thank you for brushing my concerns under the carpet. Uh... Yeah. And also making the stress that I feel on myself even higher because people are expecting these things, like expecting you to be, less than human, right? Like expecting you to be perfect. Yeah. So I think that I think the, uh, the mighty fall can happen in a couple ways, right? It can happen if, if maybe you've, you've done something and that person is like, oh my gosh, I never expected that from you. Or maybe, yeah, kind of the perspective I was just talking about. Yeah. All right. So now we have the block and tackle. 
So <laughs> this can often happen when you're speaking with someone who's maybe a little uncomfortable with vulnerability and they then criticize you by saying something like, what happened? What were you thinking? Like, how could you do that? <laughs> this is a great way for, for you. If you respond this way to someone that's like trying to be vulnerable with you and share their struggles, uh, it can kind of be hard for them to then trust you again <laughs> when they're speaking about the things that they struggle with. Um, yeah. So this is kind of like, this is a deflection. And I think really what we're getting to with the block and tackle is maybe the person that you're speaking to is just, yeah, is just uncomfortable with the conversation and doesn't necessarily know how to respond in a, in a supportive way. And maybe they, it's not something that they really like experienced in their life as being able to like open up and share about the things that they're struggling with. And yeah, maybe just come from a more judgmental perspective rather than an empathetic perspective, because all they've experienced is judgment when, when they've tried to share about what they're experiencing. So it's just that like, I'm shutting it down. Like I don't know what to do kind of thing. Yeah. Um, then we have the boots and shovel. So this is when the person and quite often the boots and shovel is maybe is trying to come from a good place, but it's just invalidating. Um, this so- is my family. <laughs> <laughs> like all about making things better. Uh, I think this is also when you're uncomfortable with it. You don't really know how to respond. So then your, your own discomfort is basically like, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah, literally. It's like, you've got this kind of like what you were also talking about. Like, you've got this, like, don't you worry about it? Like, wasn't that bad or, you know, things like that, where it's like you say, it comes out of that person's like discomfort they don't want to acknowledge when things have gone wrong because maybe they're uncomfortable telling people when thing that they've done something bad like a lot of us as humans have been brought up to never say anything bad about somebody else um which maybe for these people involves also feeling uncomfortable agreeing when maybe someone has done something making a bad choice a bad choice um kind of thing and it's just trying to like sugarcoat it or maybe just uncomfortable with the idea that someone can like be that they care about can really really be struggling I know that's something I experience with with the boots and shovel is you know maybe telling someone like my my family doesn't listen to this podcast so it's fine um (laughs) telling uh you know like a lot of, in a lot of situations, my family is great, but sometimes when I'm like really, really not feeling well, the person that I want to talk to is my dad, but my dad doesn't necessarily like respond in the best way. Cause he's not the most vulnerable person. Um, so, you know, I'll be like, Oh, I'm just like really struggling. Like I'm really unhappy, whatever it might be. And then he'll be like, yeah, but like everything's perfect in your life. So what's really going on? Like, just stop. Like, just don't think that way. Just, you know, just, just be happy. Just go and buy a scooter and then feel the wind in your hair, just (laughs) that kind of, that kind of response where it's like, not really, oh, you're so great, but it's just like, everything's fine. So just don't worry about it. I think that kind of goes into the boots and shovel a little bit too. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's because they just don't want to see you struggling. I think, you know, they don't want to recognize and, and deal with the fact themselves that someone they really care about is, isn't doing so well. So it's easier to just shove it off and be like, oh, everything's fine. 
And the thing is, is one that's like invalidating if you're like, I'm having a really hard time and somebody's like, don't worry about it. You're fine. And you're like, I'm not fine. Um, <laughs> and also like maybe if we're like sharing about mistakes we're making and how we're feeling about that if someone all the time is like don't worry about it it's not that bad it can be pretty enabling as well so something to bear in mind right if someone is always approaching and saying like hey I made this mistake I feel bad about it I'm thinking about it and we're like don't worry about it it's not so bad and that person does take that on and actually maybe it was a problematic thing that they did and because we just kind of want to brush it to the side and we're like, oh, don't worry, it's fine. Like, you can even be like, someone's be like, I think I like overstepped a boundary. And then we're like, no, 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 don't worry, it's fine when it wasn't. And then they're just going to continue to do that, right? Because we're not like, yeah, you did. Like, I appreciate you telling me, like, appreciate you recognizing that and that you feel bad about it kind of thing. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so our next one is if you think that's bad, which is pretty self-explanatory. It's essentially when you're sharing with someone and then that person then says, oh, yeah, well, that's nothing. Listen to what happened to me last week. And it's an opportunity and they take it as an opportunity to share something that they're going through and something that they're struggling with, which I think with this is always kind of coming with good intentions. It's like trying to empathize and trying to maybe make you see that your situation isn't necessarily as bad as, as you think it is. But I also think that more so than that, it's really just this person really needs to talk to. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and rather than, than seeing in the moment that maybe it's not the best time for them to share what they're struggling with and they can talk to someone else about it, they instead just like, oh my God, an opportunity to talk about my feelings? Well, I'm immediately just going to unload because I need to speak to someone about it. Yeah, I think this one happens a lot to people all of the time. And I especially think it happens when someone doesn't have a very like supportive circle around them of people that they're able to trust when it comes to speaking about their feelings and things that they might be struggling with. We have the final one, which is definitely one that I think I struggle with the most, which is the fixer. <laughs> mm. And this is the friend or the person, basically like me, uh, <laughs> who is like, I wanna, I wanna help you solve your problem. Yeah. Whatever it is, I'm just like, I wanna help, I wanna support, like I'm here for you, like I wanna do what I can to be helpful. But the fixer is someone who does that like immediately. They don't provide time for that listening. Instead, it's like hey, like I know how to, like I've been through something similar before and like this is what I found really helpful, right? Um, And it just doesn't give time and space for that person to fully feel heard. Because also Mm -hmm. sometimes the thing is as well, like I do this, even though I know normally when I'm sharing about something I find hard, I'm not looking for a solution. I'm looking for a space to be able to talk about it and someone listen and go, yeah, you know what, that's hard. If you are like me, you know, we can ask, things like what does support look like or what would you like kind of thing rather than jumping in immediately of like I've got a plan providing a bit of space for them to go like oh actually I just want to be heard then like cool I'm helping um I'm being supportive but it's the way that that person wants it rather than the way that I think it should be done also with all of these I just want to mention that empathy is really hard Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people maybe think that they're being empathetic and think that it's the right, right approach, but we haven't really been taught at all how to empathize with people. 
So if you feel as though you have a little bit more awareness just around empathy, but then more awareness of what you actually need in that situation, then don't put all of the onus on the other person to be able to, to figure it out. So if you are in a conversation with a fixer, you know, like set, set those, set those boundaries or like say what works for you, you know? So if someone's giving you advice, you can say, actually, like, I don't really want advice right now. I would really just like to be listened to, like providing advice isn't helping. Or if someone is sharing about what's going on for them, then you might say, I I do want to listen to what's going on for you, but do you mind if we just, if we get back to talking about what what I was saying, because I really need to get this out. Um, If you're talking to a boots and shovel and they're just saying like, you're exaggerating, it wasn't that bad, you rock, you're perfect kind of thing. Then you can say, actually, you know, saying these, like saying those positive words about me isn't helping right now. Like I'm feeling quite bad about the situation and I would appreciate it if we could look at it more more from a neutral space rather than like you just seeing me so well or like you know what I mean like we can set those boundaries for each of those ones to try to help the other person navigate the conversation with us and even like set that boundary from the start as well right of like hey I something really difficult has happened or like I'm experiencing like something really difficult I really need to just be able to speak to someone who's just gonna listen to me Um, yeah kind of setting that uh, that up from the start totally we don't get taught empathy it's not something that in schools are like okay like this is how you respond to somebody kindly non-judgmentally empathy a lot of the time is either you go into some kind of supportive profession and if you're lucky they'll give you a bit of training on what empathy looks like um (laughs) or it's built off our own personal experiences of what where we're at and that kind of stuff right I feel like yeah yeah, it's not something that's just like innate that we're all like yes I know how to be empathetic and show non-judgmental kind (laughs) so we have a little bit of how do we build skills and empathy but I feel like we've actually spoken about these as we've gone through yeah I think so too so maybe we'll just go through a little bit of a reminder before finishing up. How does that sound? That sounds good to me. So reminder about boundaries, that we need boundaries with empathy. If we don't have boundaries with empathy, it is incredibly hard to sustain. We can be mm-hmm. overstepping our own personal boundaries and that person's boundaries. We want to try and leave judgments at the door. We want to make sure that we're truly listening to somebody So really taking away any distractions, listening to learn and listening to understand, not listening to respond, being open to the fact that our perspective is not the only perspective that exists and accepting that person's perspective is important for empathy. If we only look at it through our own eyes, our own perspective, then that will be sympathy. And then just an acknowledgement that most people have more going on under the surface than what we can see. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you said about like how you might have a interaction with a stranger. That's one interaction of what's going on with that person for that day. We can kind of extend that empathy to go, okay, there's probably more going on than that person who just shouted at me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think at the end of the day, most people are good people and they're not trying to hurt others. 
Well, thanks for chatting with me, Becky. Thank you for chatting with me. Yeah, I feel like it's been a while. So I'm glad that we did this. And actually, I wasn't looking forward to talking about empathy because like you said, it was like, oh, empathy, come on. But I'm, I'm glad that we did. I'm glad that we got into some of those, those nitty gritty things. And it's always a good reminder for me too when we have discussions like this. So yeah, definitely. Because sometimes I feel like I bounce in and out of empathy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's sometimes nice to have that reminder of like, oh, give people time, give people patience. Yeah. Understanding. All right. What we're blah, 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 blah. all right. What really works, listeners. <laughs> uh, we hope you have a good rest of your day or evening or morning. And we will chat with you soon. Thank you and goodbye. Thanks again for listening to us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms. And if you don't want to miss any future episodes, you can follow us or subscribe to what really works. To find more from Discovery College, go to discoverycollegecolona.com. And thanks again to Staple Studio in supporting us to produce this podcast. We are currently recording in the podcast booth inside Staple Studio located in Kelowna. Staple Studio is a co-working space for those looking for a safe alternative to working from home. I know I feel so stuck at home these days, and going to Staples makes me feel like I actually have a change of pace. They offer not only a safe space to work with desks, offices, private phone booths, and meeting rooms, they are connected to the Staples store where they have everything you need under one roof. Studio is more than just a co-working space. Studio is a community to help you work, learn, and grow. Follow them on Instagram at Staples Studio Canada for more information on locations, pricing, and amenities. Please visit studio.staples.ca and book a virtual tour.